Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 7 of For Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Choriki Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, sorry for the late record, guys. Um, man, we've just had so much. Yeah, it is so been, much stuff going on this week. Like weirdly, a week. Yeah, just like a great week. Like nothing, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine, guys. Just in case you were worried, it's just it's just been a doozy, doozy of a week. Uh, but we are here now, uh, and we are prepared to record episode seven of Chorky Sentai Ranger Dave. That is complete Chorky Robo. Uh, and I know that excites you because I know you it, love those giant robots. They're the best thing. Uh, but before we are able to get into that, Dave, first, our award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. And would you like to hear what our first star of the week is? Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, let me hit me with it. Cool, 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 cool. I mean, the, the ball was already rolling, so we didn't have a lot of option, but I'm glad that you are happy to hear it. So what, Matt, is our first star of the week? Uh, Dave, first star of the week is, as is my want, uh, about once a month, um, I went to a gathering of the Pizza Club. Oh, yeah. Like-minded pizzianados. Pizza enthusiasts? Mm, I'm sticking with pizzianados, but go no, ahead. No, no, that's good. It, it sounds more appropriate. Um, pizzianados. That's <laughs> how you have to say it. And so we, we went out to this place uh, in Lakewood called Harlow's. It's super good. Okay. Um, it was sort Man, of a last-minute switch. I'm sorry. Forgive me for interrupting you. How do you decide? Like, do you have a research contingent? Is there, like, one dude or lady that is in charge of Pizza Club that's like, I found the spot? This like, uh, Generally speaking, so there are, there's sort of a rotating group of about ten people. There's, like, okay. five or six core people and then four or five sort of surrounding other people that sometimes show up Got who it. are part of like the sort of little private Facebook group. It's so, ancillary pizza right. club members. And so right. there are enough of us that we all kind of keep our ear to the ground for pizza places we haven't been yet. Okay. Um, shortly after a meeting, someone will get on the the group and suggest a new one. And then we'll sort of figure it out as regards schedules, like how we're going to do it. Um, and so... Somebody had heard of this place that had just opened up in Lakewood. It's called Harlow's. Okay. Um, and we, we had to do sort of like a last-minute switch because the place... We normally uh, meet on Tuesdays, but the place that we were originally going to go is weirdly closed on Tuesdays, so we're just probably never going to go to it. We, no, there's a couple places around town that, like, you know, if it's like a small restaurant, you know, if you don't want to be closed on the weekend, so they're open all weekend and then closed on Monday. Yeah. But this is Tuesday. Anyway, that's that's that is not the point. The well, they want to get things. all that Monday traffic, Matt. Everybody <laughs> else that's closed. Here are the two things I want to tell you about this place. One, weirdly, my favorite pizza there because they only have five pizzas on the menus and do not allow substitutions. Love it, love it. These are artisans, Matt. Don't trifle. Um, one of those pizzas is a marinara pizza, which is just sauce and cheese and like a couple of basil leaves, and that is it. Uh, I'm down, man. That sounds good. You know, that is a, uh, I think that sounds I think like, that's a like a super classic Ita Italian thing. I was going to say, that's a super Italian pizza. Um, the pizza, the pizza margarita is just, uh, like sometimes it's not Matt even sauce. Sometimes it's just like crushed tomato, mm -hmm. like real crushed tomato and then fresh mozzarella and basil. Oh, uh, Dave, we've I've had plenty of margarita pizza because. Oh yeah, who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? You're like the president of pizza. Are you the president? I don't know. No, no, I'm one of the founding members, but not the president. Um, Chairman so, of the board. And Anyways. so what we do uh, every place that we go because I feel like everywhere we go has some variant on a margarita pizza. So yeah. that is our control pizza. Like, we always get that, and then we get other things as well, so we can sort of judge them against each other. No, that's a really, really good idea. I use lasagna as my control dish at, uh, at Italian restaurants. That is also a good idea, but yeah, it would not necessarily work for a pizza club. 
Well, no, you would need to start a whole new club. A lasagna club. I feel like you would have a little bit more trouble with the lasagna club, to be honest. Uh, yeah, you probably would. But yeah. Anyway, so the marinara pizza was the best one on the menu, like, nice. which is very weird because the rest of the pizzas were also good. And I love cheese and other toppings, but for some reason, like whatever like they, they did just to crushed that it. sauce was like out of this world. So, oh, nice, good you know, job, if you, team. If you live on the west side of Cleveland, check that out. Here's the other thing about this place: it's basically not decorated. Like it's sort of a new place, but it's not like a rock and roll pizzeria. It's not like a traditional like you know like a like weird Italian crap on the walls pizzeria. Mm-hmm. It's just like. You know, sort of cleanly decorated. Like, you know, somebody went to Ikea and bought some nice, ta- like, you know, some, like, sort of minimalist, modernish tables. Um, you know, some cans of tomato, like, big cans of tomato on a shelf somewhere. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know to, the like, ones, Matt. Uh, listen, I love, I love Swedish decor, Matt. Oh, sure. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this. Yeah, but this is, like, this is Swedish decor by way of, like, American Italian decor. Or, mm-hmm. you know... No, that sounds like the best. No, that, sure. I, oh, man, I just, uh, Matt, you know, I never would have thought about that until you said it. But now that you've said it, that sounds like a delightful environment. It is. Here's the weird thing. When you walk in the bathroom at this place, it has a six foot poster of Skid Row for there is like nothing else in this <laughs> restaurant. You just walk in. It's like, OK, here you go. White tile walls, you know, like plain things. And then there's it's not like the bathroom is super decorated either. The bathroom also has basically no decorations except for directly facing across from the toilet. There is a six foot poster of Skid Row. It was a surprise, but a delight. Yeah, that's um, that's a lot of decor in your decor. It's a you know lot of I'm Sebastian saying? Bach right up in your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what what era of eighties fashion are we talking? Basically, I guess my question is, how tight are these pants uh, that the, are the, being? The pants are very tight. The sleeves are very non-existent. Yeah. The hair is very big. <laughs> Uh, the chains are very glittery. Well, Matt, it sounds like everything is in order vis-a-vis Skid Row. You these got guys, it. So. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a good time. I, this is just a general recommendation and a checking in on What's Up With Pizza Club. Dave, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, Matt, is, it's one of the reasons we were so busy this past weekend, is it was the baby's birthday. Happy birthday, It was babies. the baby's birthday. Happy birthday, babies. They are asleep two rooms over, and I'm hoping they stay that way. Here's fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, it was their birthday party. They're a year old. These tiny sweet babies, Matt, they are a year old, uh, which is crazy. They're walking around. They are saying words. They are, uh, I don't think I told you this, but uh, Buddy Bear put together like a tiny sentence. Did I tell you this? No way. No. Dude, yeah. Little man put together a sentence not a complicated one, but we, okay, so we taught him the sign language for more, which is just like you sort of like tap your fingers together, and we've mm-hmm. been using it because dude likes to eat, which I get, uh, dude likes to eat, and so in, we taught him to say more instead of screeching like a pterodactyl when he wanted more food. <laughs> That's happier for everybody. <laughs> And we also, he also really likes it when you turn the light on and off. Like, that's one of his favorite games is when the light just goes on and off. Uh, subsequently, I need to get the re- the switch replaced in one of my lamps because it's, like, broken the switch because we turn it on and off so much. And so we taught him the sign for light as to also avoid him screeching like a pterodactyl when he wants the light on. So we're like, no, this is how you tell us you want the light on. What he did, because he's brilliant is that he put together that more can mean more than just like food. It could just mean like, I want that thing. I want more of that thing. And so he did the Uh sign for more. And then he did the sign for light. Like we weren't playing with light. And he walked up and went more light. And I was like, what? What? You put together a sentence? (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I would say Babies, man. These babies. So uh, we had a birthday party. And man, it was really nice. Like a whole bunch of people came out. Like family came in from out of town. Um, we had a bunch of people from church and a bunch of our friends came over. It was great. And, uh, people brought lovely presents. So if you were there, thanks so much. Now there was. was one present. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. If you are a listener of the show and you happen to have been there, cause I know some people listen. Thanks so much guys. Matt also, thank you. Now there was one present. There was one present, Matt, that really stood out to me. And okay. 
what this present was is it was from some other friends of ours who also have a newborn. They have a six-month-old. And they walked in with a bottle of 10-year-old single malt Ardbeg. <laughs> Where I was like, that present is not appropriate for babies. And they're just like, those babies have tons of presents. And this party isn't really about them anyways. Because like they're not going to remember it. This party is for you guys and all of us to celebrate. And what is better than to celebrate with a 10-year-old single malt? So... Thanks, guys. It's delicious. And like the box nice. for it is super crazy. Yeah. So it was See, the I, I should have thought of that because what I was trying to figure out, because I realized, oh, I'm going to this birthday party for babies in like four days. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Do you, and I had, I have not bought anything for a baby, maybe ever, maybe since I was a baby and like gifts were being be- bought on my behalf for other babies. I was going to say, I, I still don't think you, oh, I see what you're saying. Right, right, right. You know? Like, oh, Matt got this present. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, like I don't think I've ever in my life actually purchased something for a baby. And mm-hmm. so I was just staring at my like staring at a blank Amazon screen like what do I buy a baby? What do you, what do you buy a baby? Like, I, I can think of what you buy like a 4-year-old, right? Yeah, no, they're easy. You just, you know, a sword or something, right? Sure, but a baby. I was just like I was just typing into Google like what do you buy babies? What do babies do? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't do much. They're they're pretty much happy with anything. So uh they love So books. I should have just thought about buying something for you guys, but alas. You know, that would have been fine too, Matt. Well, well Christmas listen, is coming not, around. I was going to say they're not going to remember stuff for literally uh at least like stuff like this for years probably. So, you know, the, you still have opportunities is what I'm saying. Um, but if you do need advice, they love books. They love little board books. They go through them like beavers. They don't read them. They just they just <laughs> gnaw through them until they disintegrate. Just trying to so, like, consume the knowledge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's how babies do it. So that, Matt, is our second star of the week. What is our third star of the week? Dave, third star of the week is we have not actually recorded since just before Thanksgiving or maybe just after. Uh, in I any think case, right. You know, Matt, um, in the last week and look, a half or so. I feel like it's starting to look like something, Matt. Uh, where? Just, you know, here, there, everywhere, really. Just everywhere I you would look. say. Everywhere you look, Matt. Well, Dave, there there may be a tree in the Grand Hotel. There may be one in the park as well. But there is also uh, one in my apartment now. I've got the tree set up. Got it all decorated. Oh, nice. I got my tinsel. I got my lights. I got my garland. I got my little star. I have, actually have a secondary tree this year. I've got, like, my normal, like, six or seven foot, like, real tree that I have to, like, keep watering and sweeping up after. Mm-hmm. I also bought, like, a little three foot fakie tree that I just keep up in my uh, front window. Oh, uh, nice. I have also acquired a third little, like, ceramic tree with the light bulb inside. Love those. Uh, it is a it is a tree-heavy apartment right now, Dave, and I am stoked. Yeah, man, we uh, we actually have not had a chance to put our tree up. Well, okay, we probably, sort of, we've had a chance, uh, but we haven't taken it because we are still strategizing about how to do the tree. Yeah, how do you do trees with babies? Yeah, how do you do trees with babies? Uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to just, like, brace this bad boy so that they don't pull it down on themselves uh, and kill themselves. Because that is a primary occupation of babies, is trying to kill themselves. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, but I am really excited about it. Because I love Christmas, Matt. Oh, Christmas is the best, Dave. It's so good. And it's here now, basically. I mean, it's not it like is, today. Dude, but... it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's a lot closer I, than I, when there was in my head. That was a terrible sentence. But we are, like, you're sort of beyond the point where it's just uh, store decorations. And now right, there are like, like street decorations. Right, like, ooh, I need to get some shopping done. Like, I need to figure some stuff out, closing in on Christmas. The semester's almost over, which is crazy. I've only got two and a half weeks of school left until break, uh, which is just street bananas. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, Matt. And yeah, and it's also throwing me off because... All the time. Because uh, this year we started the season sort of late because Cocker uh, Ranger ran a little long. Yeah, And so I'm true. like, oh, we're only like 10 episodes into the season. That means it's you know, middle of November. But that's not true. That's not a good way to keep time. I have calendars. <laughs> it's not a good way to keep time. Um, man, so, uh, you know, Merry uh, Advent, I guess. If uh, if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Advent to you. Happy Hanukkah. Happy, I think Hanukkah just started, if I recall correctly. 
Um, yeah. Or, you know, whatever you got. Candle nights. I don't know. Um, do your thing. You do you. Just have a nice time, guys. Be excellent to each other. What, Matt? Oh, what? Is our fourth star of the week. <laughs> um, that was a we. I don't know. I was trying stuff out. Hey, man. Sometimes you, know, you just got to... It's listen, the fourth year. We got to change. We got to evolve. I was going to say, sometimes you just got to throw it at the wall and see what sticks, Matt. Um, I don't think that stuck at all. But, but I stand by my experiment. So what, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? Uh, the fourth star of the week is, speaking of being excellent to each other, uh, producer Mark was just recently very excellent to me. Um, so it was like Cyber Monday, Black Friday weekend. And cool, so cool. a guy that he knows is an artist who was running sort of like a, like buy a print, get a sketch for free special. Oh, okay. Um, and so Mark wanted to support the guy uh, whose name is Jason, but I was looking at the uh, print right before we started and I could not find any other identifying information or else I would give him a shout out. Um, like he wanted to support the guy, but he thought that I would like the print and sketch more than he would. Okay. Uh, so what this means is that I now have a print that this guy did of the Iron Sheik and nice. a like original like pen and then like colored with watercolors sketch of Jet Hawk from Jetman. Matt, you need to tweet a picture of this thing because I'm will. eager to it's see it. It's very good, and I'm very excited to find the place for it somewhere. I don't know if this is going to be like a uh, a like home office thing or a like up in my cubicle thing, but I am very jazzed about it. No, that's super super cool, man. No, um, custom like art artwork is one of those things that I wish, like I genuinely wish I had the money to uh, to be supporting artists in that way. I think it's a super cool thing that people do. And it's like, it's, you know, like it just right now, it's just not in my budget. Yeah. Um, Dude, I, I wish I had the money to frame the stuff that I've got. Cause I have a, <laughs> I have a slowly growing pile of things that just like need to be hung. Right. Just flattening under books. I, you know, I know the spot on your table. Yeah. 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 Um, I got my big, got my big heavy books, my library of Shakespeare, my Oxford's classical dictionary, my weird coffee table book of Syrah, you know, like you do. The books uh, everyone has. I, 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 I happen to be looking at my, my shelf of overstock or oversized <laughs> books right now. Just uh, <laughs> Wines of the World, The Atlas Major, Webster's University's Dictionary, Unabridged. Uh, listen, Matt, as much as I would genuinely, uh, in a weird sort of way, genuinely, love to hear you run just through your full deweys of oversized books. Uh, we are men... On a mission, Matt. So let me we ask are, you. We are. A question hangs in the heavens. What is our fifth star of the week, Matt? Dave, our fifth and final star of the week is another thing I have recently acquired. And I know that it is weird to have recently acquired so many things before Christmas, but sometimes that's just how the world works. Um, I bought, because it was on sale, and because I've heard so many good things about them, I bought one of those Instant Pots. Did you get one of those Instant Pots, Matt? Yeah, Dave, I got one of those Instant Pots. Um, what's up with the Instant Pot? Everyone the, loves these things. What's the deal with these Instant Pots? Yeah, this is getting a little Seinfeld, but... Um, it's... It, so I, I have heard it described as like a weird magic kitchen tool. It's basically like a pressure cooker that is also a crock pot that is also like programmable. Yeah, so I actually don't have... I was being slightly disingenuous for the sake of humor... And that's oh. how you pod. That's how you podcast, guys. Uh, I actually do have Pro not tips. quite. Yeah, I actually do. It's not quite an instant pot. Uh, I have a very high quality knockoff. Okay, but it basically is an instant pot. It's the Aldi brand instant pot, which is like oddly high quality. It, it works pretty well. But yeah, that's it's exactly what it is. It's a pressure cooker. It's a programmable pressure cooker that also has some other fancy bits. It's, it functions as a rice cooker as well, Matt. Dude, it, okay. This is what I want to talk about, because I feel like this thing is not just pulling double duty or triple duty. It is pulling, like, I don't know. I, I don't know the word for 12 times. Um, duo deco duo duty? Decouple. Duo decouple duty. Um, anyway, it's That's doing a lot of that. For you. It has settings for porridge. It has settings for <laughs> egg. And I want to be clear. It has settings specifically for porridge. 
porridge. Now you can extrapolate that out to like other like oatmeal, oatmeal or stuff or something. But that's not what it says on the machine. On the machine, that's, it's that's like, an hey, expected delight, Matt. Like, are you in a fairy tale? <laughs> Have you stumbled into this world, into this kitchen, found this device, but the only food that you know is from children's stories? Then here you go. Here's the button that you press. Um, there is another button on it, and I genuinely don't know what this means or how it's supposed to work in this thing. The button just says cake, and I am not a baker, but I don't know how I'm supposed to make cake in a pressure cooker. Like, I shouldn't be able to plug something into the wall, press a button, and come back later with a cake in a, like, a bowl. <laughs> I mean, I well, guess you I'll let you put, know. You need to put ingredients in, Matt. It's not a replicator. Like, hey, listen, man. I have heard very good things thing. about this machine. It could do anything. <laughs> I hope that Instant Pot are the people who do eventually in, like figure out replicator technology and they just never change the name of it. And they just like <laughs> knew the more Instant Pot or like the truly Instant Pot. But it's always it's always just those guys. Right. And it's all like, you know, and it can replicate those 12 things. You got eggs, you got porridge, you got cakes, you got stews. And welcome to Star Trek. That's what you got. <laughs> that is also how you have it do like tea Earl Grey hot, but you can only do it like six gallons at a time. <laughs> um, listen, Star Trek exists in a fantastical utopian, uh, like, you know, techno future. And in that utopian techno future, what foods do you need? Like if they figured out how to instantly replicate cake, they can figure out how to make cake meet all my nutritional needs. And I can just rock cake 24-7. Oh, that is a good point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like, like, listen, exploring distant worlds and like seeking out strange, is that, I'm actually quoting this correctly, seeking out strange civilizations, that's well and good. But let's focus on domestic issues first. Domestic issue number one, nutrition cake. Like that's not, and not in like an, oh, like a weird cake of nutrition. I just want healthy cake. Well, I think we can do that, Dave. I think the technology is going to be there. But I'm also interested in talking about other technology, specifically, specifically giant, giant robot robots. technology. <laughs> um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go take a break. We are going to watch Episode 7, Complete the Choriki Robo, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching Complete the Choriki Robo. Uh, Dave, did did this giant robot fulfill all of your hopes and dreams? Okay, so first of all, this is a pretty quality giant robot, but I, like, okay, I just got beef with this episode very quickly, let me say. It's nothing actually to do with the episode itself. Episode was fine. Is it the opening that hits just before the intro? Yep, it sure is. Okay, so guys, uh, the very... Very first thing that they show us in this episode is the giant robot. Yeah, so every episode up until this point, the opening, like, five seconds is the show announcing, like, hey, robots are coming to Earth. These five people are going to stop it. It's the O-Rangers. Let's get into the song. And, like, Hooray! that's how we do it. Yeah. This, this time, time, no such luck. I, I yeah. in fact, th I thought when this started that I had accidentally skipped an episode. No, I did too. Because it was so weird that like just out of nowhere, yeah, they did. They just dropped like an episode preview for the episode we're about to watch. Yeah, it's Guys. just like footage from later on in the episode. Like you don't need to preview that. I'm already watching it. And all, like, you took the single moment, like, you took the big moment that I was waiting for. Like, you took the thing that I wanted to see out of this episode, and you said, like, here, just have this part now, and then watch the end of the episode. And then I had to wait for the whole rest of the episode to actually get the giant robot. Anyway, it's, I think that's something we used to complain about in, was that a Jetman thing they did a lot? 
Uh, yeah, I believe they did do that in Jetman. That they would, like, this week on Jetman, it's like, dude, we're about, again, like, we're just literally sitting down to watch this episode. You don't need to do this. Because here's the thing. It's not just a shot of the giant robo. It is the scene where the giant robot kills the monster. Yeah. They gave you everything. It makes no sense. But anyways. It is as though they knew that people really wanted to watch this episode, but that they all had homework they needed to do. And so it's like, okay, we're going to give you like... We've got you guys. We're going to give you you the moment. And so you can sort of like check that off your list. And then everyone who has time can stay and watch the rest. And then everyone else go off and like study algebra. Giant robots. Like, you're good. Okay. Great job, team. Uh, Okay. So... Uh, Matt, kick us off, man. How does this episode start? Okay, so it starts with, if you remember, we were in a sort of cliffhanger at the end of the last episode. Yes. Um, the chief of staff was Miura. chained up. Um, Bara Brain was throwing his niece, Miko, around. Not Bara Brain's niece. Uh, right, not Chief Miura's niece. niece. Yeah, um, if you don't recall, Bara Brain is a sort of like magician slash telekinetic Robo, and uh, he has sort of a cool secondary power, which is he has this, like, metallic orb that floats out of his head. It's kind of like in the place of one of his eyes. It sort of looks like a monocle. And it does, like, an electromagnetic thing, and it, like, yoinks a bunch of stuff to it and turns into a whole separate monster called Bara Separate. Yes. Uh, So Bara Separate is in town, and he is... Destroying the town and being confronted by uh, Yuji and Momo in their uh, individual giant robots, the Dash Lion yes. and the Moa Loader, mm-hmm. while the other three arrangers are trying to rescue the chief. So that is yes. where we start off. Yeah. So um, they are, like Matt said, they're off trying to rescue the chief. And uh, what is happening? Like, they show up originally in their planes, like their jet fighters, uh, which again are not the not the giant robots. Like they just literally have jets. Yeah, Goro shows up. He's like zapping at people from the plane. Yep. Um, uh, Shohei and Juri are like up on a cliff, and they're like pushing rocks down onto the Bara soldiers. Yeah, There's like a cool like landslide a... moment. Yeah, like it seemed like it would have been more effective if they also had their jets, but. Sure. Maybe they um, were in the shop. I don't know, man. <laughs> Goro Goro pulls my favorite move, which is where he just drops out of the sky on a motorcycle yes. out of his jet and then just hits the ground. And Matt, I don't I can't believe I've never noticed this before. I'm fairly certain that that motorcycle has a jet engine on the like a jet turbine on the back of it. Yeah, Am I, wrong I, about I think that? this is the first time we sort of see the motorcycle in a very clear shot from the back. And it if, if that's not what it is, it certainly looks like it. Yeah, um, which I'm just, man, I'm just so into the idea of this dude with the jet-powered motorcycle. Listen, I'm into everything about Goro. Goro rules. Yeah, Goro, Goro actually, yeah, man, I just don't know why I was about to say actually. Goro rules pretty hard. Um, He is rapidly, Matt. Maybe we don't want to do this. Maybe this introduces a weird thing into the spirit of Super Sentai. But should we have, in addition to the Creature Royale, some sort of some sort of hero ranking? I don't know, man. I mean, maybe, but they're all the best in their own way. Well, okay. Yeah, that's a very good point. We would just... Every, we also, would, yeah, like, it would be a very wide list, but a very shallow one. Because sure. it would only be... Like, one, everyone yeah. is tied for first. <laughs> Right, <laughs> because like it's it is very easy to get hype on Goro in an episode like this. Uh, but you need to remember that I've also been staying hype on Rio from uh, Dire Ranger because that guy also rules so hard. Yeah, dude, Rio from Dire Ranger is great. Um, okay, so um, the Rangers run over and they do manage like they get the chief untied from his like weird like Wrath of the Titans style like thing by the ocean and they get him untied and now this is where we see something interesting from the chief because um in all other instances the chief has seemed like he's calm he's cool he's collected but like when yeah when uh miku or miku thank you um i just like got totally tongue-tied on it um when miku is involved like the chief flips like he loses his ability it seems to like think tactically because what he does 
is rather than sending the three literal superheroes that are right next to him. Right, the to superheroes go get Miku. that he built, basically. Right. Like, like, they were trained before they showed up. But like, he was like, okay, I have I have invented superheroes. Yeah. You guys <laughs> stay like, here. I'm going to go get the kid. <laughs> he just, he's like, I have to get Miku. And then he just runs. Now, to the chief's credit, like, he is pretty boss. Like, they're shooting some lasers at him. Uh, he's, like, dodging and doing some, like, forward rolls and stuff. It's yeah. not quite enough, but... No, he, he manages still to is... not get shot with lasers, which I think is kind of more than we expected. Yeah, it was good. Well, I mean, I didn't expect him to... Okay, I'm actually going to disagree with you there, Matt, because the other option is he gets shot with lasers and presumably dies, Dude, which this, I did not think was going to happen. This show's so. been pretty raw so far. It could have happened. <laughs> it could have happened. We've already seen them like telekinetically punch a little girl. So who knows? Maybe killing Chief Miura is on the table. Okay, so um, as after this happens, the other three are like, no, like we, we have to fight the Barra soldiers. So they yes, run like, in, Chief, they transform. Like, right. <laughs> Uh, and what's great is that they are trying to convince the chief of this as it's happening. They're like, no, chief, like, we're cool. Like, we've got this. You, like, we're good. Um, And then, so Goro grabs the chief while the other two stay to fight the Barra soldiers. They yes. run over and they just get in, like, a jeep, which I kind of love. There. Because it's not, like, a crazy O-Ranger jeep. It's not powered by, like, a Choriki engine. It's just jeep. Right. Uh, it happened to be there, and they... Yeah. So, um, one of the things that I... Okay, Matt, tell me if I'm crazy here. I will, if you are. I... Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, the chief is wearing eyeshadow, right? Oh, yeah. He's deaf wearing eyeshadow. Okay. Is there a possible reason, or has there been any explanation whatsoever... As to why this very, very serious grown-up man is wearing eyeshadow. Well, first of Which, all, like, listen, maybe that's just I his just style. I just want to be clear. I was going to say, I want to be clear. Wear eyeshadow if you want. I don't care. It just seems out of character for the chief. Yeah, so, okay, let me, let me say two things on this. One, the chief is normally wearing sunglasses, and he might always have eyeshadow and we just don't see. Okay, Matt. You could stop right there, frankly. <laughs> uh, two, I think that it is a makeup job made to l make him look like haggard and gaunt from the ordeal he's been through. Okay, that would make sense, but they definitely chose sort of like a greenish shade, which well, doesn't... What's what's also weird is that the this sort of eyeshadow we have seen in Super Sentai shows before, but it normally is there normally to means indicate... someone that, is evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they have been, like, been mind controlled into evil. Which is not the chief. The chief is fine. He no, just has that has not happened even a little bit. He's just yeah. having a day. Okay, so Goro and the chief are like they bust out in this jeep, and oh, they uh, at like, this point, by the way, uh, Barra Brain has summoned Barra Separate from the city to this part of town. Like he was able to like brain teleport him here or something with his robot. Yeah, telepathy. it's sort of a, it's sort of a cool look. He sort of like turns in energy, then collapses into a ball and flies away, and then he reappears and then like reforms into. And to bear a separate. It's a neat look. So Goro's got to so, do some like fancy Jeep driving to get away from just getting stepped on by this dude. You know who else has to do some fancy work here, Matt? Is the camera slash props people. Oh, they, yeah. And they do like... Okay, so first of all, I just want to say they very clearly also just have a toy Jeep with a Goro figure in it. And you can... But you can only really, really tell in like two of the shots. Two out of, like, six or seven shots that it is very obviously a toy, like, next to a man-sized monster. Um, but they do some great cuts where, like, the Jeep will fly by, bear a separate, and then they'll, like, smash cut, and you'll see Goro in the actual Jeep as though he has just done whatever the toy Jeep did. Um, it's great, but yeah, it's, it is also hilarious because they clearly just got, like, a first run of the Goro toy. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. I oh man, I I have quoted this before, and I still do not remember who said it originally. Um, but the one of the great things about uh, the Super Sentai shows is that since all of the stuff in the show looks like toys, all of the toys can look exactly like the stuff in the show. Yeah, that and is so pretty... it's really good for situations like this where you just like need a quick prop. 
Uh, <laughs> that might have so, been something that um, old uh, Comics Alliance person and now like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles writer Caleb Goldner said. I didn't know that dude was writing. Uh, I didn't know that guy was writing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool for him. That's really neat. Um, that might have been that. It, it was either that or Chris Sims, but I think Sims was maybe quoting him. Anyway, this has sort Anyways. of gone way too far into yeah. a well-meaning but kind of floundering hole. <laughs> um, so anyways, they they managed to like get away from Barra Separate, basically. Um, it like There's no super great explanation other than maybe like just Goro is a very good driver. Hey, man, he's um, good at everything. The- He's Goro. He is super good at it. Like, I mean, but like literally, it just seems as though they are getting menaced one moment and then the next shot, they're just good in the woods. Um, so what happens is the chief is like, he, they stop for a moment. Like, they're like, okay, cool. We're safe for a second. Chief hops out and he's like, listen, we need to, like, I need to go back and get Miku. Like, yeah, like thank you very I, you much guys... for saving me, but like, we definitely have to go back. Yeah, and Goro's like, no, Chief. Like, they've got it. Like, they're they're good. Like, they can get Miku. We need to get you to safety. Yeah, like, you're the one they actually want. She was the bait. Right. And also, you're the only one who knows how to complete the three remaining, just the Choriki robots, right, is what they're calling uh, they're, them? They're called the Choriki mobiles. Thank you. He's like, you're the only one who knows how to finish the Choriki mobiles, and those are vital to defense of the whole earth right and so the chief is like listen i know that maybe i said that but uh the blueprints for the last three are definitely on my computer if you just go back to hq like you guys can probably figure out how to put the finishing touches on these dudes right uh and girl's like "Ooh, really like that doesn't seem likely he's like no 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 like believe in yourselves like you can do it you have like what we have on baranoia is like the power of our friendship and like comradeship. And if you just rely on your comrades, like you will be able to do this. thing. Yeah. You can't do everything alone, but with comrades, you can, and you have wonderful comrades, the O Rangers. Uh, which is, it's it's a nice stirring moment. Yeah. So Carl's like, well, um, okay. That still seems weird, but sure. So as they're finishing, as they're finishing up this conversation, uh, Shohei and, uh, uh, jury show up like still fighting the Barra soldiers like theirs had right. sort of been fighting their whole way there and but, Chief is like okay time for me to be the bait again right. <laughs> but they've got Miku they have managed oh, to yeah. rescue Miku so they've got Miku and Chief is like okay you guys run they'll go after me which is definitely what they do so like the Chief just runs with his like frail human legs he doesn't even and- take the Jeep yeah, which, uh, okay, uh, again, I think we've already established that the Chief sort of loses some of his cool tactical prowess when Miku is involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he books it. Oh, he does say one thing. Sorry, there's something we forgot. Because he's talking to Goro, and he's like, I keep thinking back to that day when Miku's dad died. And he said, if only there had been someone else, like one other person with me, we would have been able to save everybody. And so, like, A, you know, he still feels super guilty about this thing. But also, it's like a stirring teamwork. Like, if you work together, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so, so the next scene we see is the Rangers, I guess, have... Rather than, like, take Miku with one person and send the other two superheroes to rescue the chief, they just took Miku back to base. Yeah. So... Hey, listen, so, I don't know where else she'll be safest, probably. I mean, I mean, it's not like she's going to, like, go home to her dad's house. And so oh. far as we can tell, like, maybe she doesn't have a mom. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Listen. Um, so, yeah. So she's at base, which is the safest spot. And the Rangers are, they're looking through, I guess, what is, like, the Chief's, like, supercomputer. And they see the blueprints. And, and they're, they're sort of baffled. They're like, I like these are definitely the blueprints. I do not know what they mean. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, they're like, well, we're not really like, we don't know what to do. But, oh, and then one of them looks at, I can't remember who. And they say like, oh, it's a combining robot. And they like, all get very excited about this. Yeah. They're super excited. Now that I means one of the chief had told them that it was a combining robot. I get the impression that he did not. Here's what I hope. 
is that in the world of because th- th- we've never had the Rangers have a reaction like this, like oh my gosh, it's a combining robot that's so cool. So what I'm hoping for is that in this universe, like these guys have seen like a Sentai-ish show, and that their giant robot is an example of sort of like uh, not retro future as a map, but what's it called when like the actual future is based on like an old person's interpretation of what the future would look like in the future. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Is that not retrofuturism? I don't think so. I think retrofuturism is when... I think, like, Fallout 4 is sort of retrofuturism. Oh, like a future in the past, not, like, past future in the future. But, like, whatever this thing is, it's like somebody... Like, somebody saw Star Wars and then they invented a lightsaber because they saw Star Wars, you know what I mean? I'm hoping that the Rangers are in that situation and that this is their, their lightsaber. They're like, I remember this in comics when I was a kid! What? Yeah, uh, like they funny. didn't get any of the like Super Sentai shows, but they did get Japanese Spider-Man and they all grew up <laughs> loving King Leopardon. <laughs> um, so like, what are we going to do though? Because like we can't, like we don't know what to, like we, we don't know what to do with these blueprints. And they're like, well, we've got to figure out something. Yeah, because or... like they sound like they are sort of giving up hope. And one of them, I think Jury, is like, yeah, I don't think we can do this and save the chief. And then they all over look over at Miko, who's just sitting there, like, starting to cry. And like, no, oh, she stands up. She no, stands we up can, and looks at them. Like, no, it's it's cool. We can do it. Let's just go let's just go fit, make let's just go build some robots and beat the monster. We got this kid, don't worry. Don't listen to what we said before. We were overreacting. Say, Santa's real, everything's cool, like it's great. So he, okay, so then we go into a genuinely baffling montage. Well, first, Dave, there is a brief moment where Acha and Kocha are flying around town. Oh, yeah, thank you for that. Sorry, and they're I totally just, forgotten. like, reading out of a megaphone as they're flying one of the octopus fighters, which I feel like we have to start calling them now because they do start... Yeah, they, no, they did. They gave stuff. us the name. They're octopus fighters. So Acha and Kocha are flying around in this octopus fighter, and they're like, hey, listen, uh, we've got the chief... There's no way you can beat us unless you surrender, unless the O-Rangers come and surrender within one hour, we're going to kill the chief, and then we're going to destroy the Earth. Uh, specifically, well, they're going to say we're going to level Tokyo, and then, like, ah, sort of yes. in so doing, we will, like, demonstrate that we've won, I guess. Um, so the Rangers see this message, and they're just like, oh, well, geez, um, all right. Well, guys, we have an hour. That is how long we have to finish these incredible robots. So then comes the truly baffling montage, which is the Rangers themselves finishing these incredibly complex technological wonders based on an ancient super civilization. Now, we've seen this once, at least once before, Matt. Uh, We saw this in Jetman. Mm -hmm. And... So, and it didn't make any sense there either, but at least in Jetman, there was a sort of story explanation because everybody that was supposed to be working for Jetman had died in, like, the initial Virum attack. Yeah, so there weren't, like, the engineers around. But here, like, there are engineers there. Like, there are people helping them work on it. But for some reason, these five dinguses are just like, oh, uh, maybe try connecting that thing to that thing. Yeah, like, they're literally just, <laughs> they don't even do, like, a great job. It's of, like they're trying to put together a jigsaw puzzle, but they're not very good at puzzles. Yeah, uh, you just see them, they're sort of, like, vaguely poking at electronics, and uh, I think Shohei has, like, some goggles on, and they've got a little, like, soot on them. <laughs> so they're really trying to sell the idea that, that like they're doing, but like, why? Why are they having them do it? It makes no sense. I don't <sighs> know, man. Now, what we do see during this montage as well is we keep cutting back to uh, Barra Separate, who is like out destroying the towns. Yes, and clocks that are counting down the one hour. Yeah. Um, uh, the chief is thinking of them all. Like, you know, he's, he's like, like, "Oh, Goro," and then it shows like some scenes of Goro, and then it goes through all of them, and at the end, he's like, "If you all combine your talents." Like, you're, you'll never lose to the paranoia. Go team! Yeah, he's just, uh, like, chained to a big cog in a field. He's just, like, shelling to no one. 
I do love that they changed him to a giant cog. I thought that was a nice touch. So, um, so then when, so we see the chief and they are like counting down. Like the Barra soldiers are literally like five, four, three, two, one. Well, that's it. That's the hour. Like, yeah. Uh, Empress Hysteria and the, and Prince Bulldont like beam down from space. Yeah. And they're like, hey, uh, so I guess they're not here. It's time to kill this dude. Um, yeah, this is the amazing part. Is they're like, well, we've clearly like we're gonna flatten Tokyo, and we are gonna take over the world. Also, we like we do need to kill this dude, though. Like, it's clear that they don't actually even care about at this point. They're so assured of their victory, they don't even care about killing the chief. It's literally just like we're machines, and we said we were going to do it, and so we have to do it now. Right. Uh, Empress Hysteria pulls out. What is just like, I mean, that's like a fancy science thing, but it's just kind of a big pistol and holds it to uh, the chief's head. Yeah. And like um, the the non-fanciness of the gun really made the scene look a lot more stark. Right. In a way, like if she had pulled out, like if she had like put her hand out toward him and like a glowy thing had appeared around her hand and she was got energy blasted, it wouldn't have been that serious. The fact that she just busts out like a sidearm and is gonna blow this dude's brains out the back of his head. Like it's a little rough. It's a bit it's, raw. It's it's kind of raw, man. Um so right as this is about to happen though, explosions. There's some quick explosions uh that manage to not hurt the chief. Hooray. So the chief looks up and he sees all five Cherokee mobiles coming towards him. Hooray! And he looks happy, but he also looks like 15% surprised. Yeah, like, he genuinely was not sure that they were going to get it done. I'm so glad this worked. But yeah, just like, I didn't expect that at all, but I'm stoked. Um, So, then the fight is, uh, the fight is really joined, and oh, it let's, is... Oh, uh, yeah, let's introduce our five individual uh, Chariki mobiles. Yeah, okay, so uh, Chariki Red is Sky Phoenix. Yes. And uh, it is just like it's a big phoenix. And now what is cool about it is I think is that it doesn't look too robotic. Um, it has a very it, it has a more organic feel, which is neat and is is much smaller than I thought it was. Like I assumed that this thing was giant. It's actually it's about the size of a plane. It seemed and not even like a large fighter jet because we see later we're going to see Goro actually hop up out of the cockpit and like stand on it. And he's going to, I'll just tell you the moment now because I'm so excited about it. He's going to jump up on the cockpit as he is like flying towards an octopus fighter. And he's going to pull out Star Riser. And as he's flying straight towards this thing, he does like a giant slash and cuts it in half. And then it's flies through the middle. Good. And it's there's a like very, a fire cool explosion thing. behind him. Yeah, like, no, By the way, rad. nothing. there's nothing that he blew up to cause that explosion. He's just in like a Phoenix robot and sometimes there's a lot of fire. It's totally um, rad. Um, so anyway, as, so we have Sky Phoenix. Yes, and as we met last week, there is a Dash Lion, the sort of uh, sphinxy looking dude. Yeah, and, and uh, Moa uh, Loader. Right, and Moa Loader is the uh, like very vaguely Easter Island, very vaguely Easter thing. Island statue. Yeah, and it's it again. It sort of looks like a Dalek. So here are the uh, the three remaining ones that we hadn't seen yet. Is uh, Grand Taurus which is a giant bull. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I'm sorry, and then Sky Phoenix, of course. And then what's the last one called, Matt? Dave, the last one is the Dogu Lander. Thank you, Dogu Lander. Now, uh, the Dogu Lander, this is something I had to look up because it is not a sort of cultural thing that I was originally familiar with in the same way that I was familiar with like the Easter Island statues and a sphinx, is that... Um, there are these like very old statues from the Joman period in Japan. Oh, you know, we talked about this briefly, right? Um, I think we talked about this when uh, when we watched this equivalent episode of uh, Power Rangers Zio when we were on oh, Rangers. Okay, Ranger. thank you. So these are sort of like you know those old statues that are like the Venus of whatever, and it's like a very sort of like rounded feminine figure with like a yeah. basket on her head. Mm-hmm. It's like it's sort of like that, like a prehistoric, like, woman statue. Uh, but there was one specifically called the Shikoki Dogu. 
Okay. Um, that is what this one sort of looks like, which is like that statue wearing like Captain Cold sunglasses, basically. Ah, rad. Okay, neat. So it's like when I first saw it, it looked like a very abstracted shape. But when you look up one of those things, it's like, oh, yeah. Like it is like kind of there that it is. Thing, it's right there. But nice. also a giant robot with cannons. <laughs> um, which is an so, important addition. Yeah. So uh, at first, they are sort of fighting Barra separate, but they also, the Barra Baranoia has called in additional soldiers. So there's like a bunch of octopus fighters around. There's just some like standard Barra, Barra fighters, Barra soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. Just some standard Barra soldiers. And the, the Churiki Robles are going to town on these things. Uh, my, my favorite is the Grand Taurus. Oh, because, yeah. Because, like, it, <laughs> it just, like, they set it up so that there are, like, little miniature octopus fighters next to this, like, still miniature, but not as small as the other one, like, uh, figure of the Grand Taurus. And I think they must have just had the octopus fighters on, like, little, uh, like, fishing wire, basically. And then the Grand Taurus just rams through all of them, and they get, like, splatted on his front, like, flies on a windshield. It's super good. Yeah, it's great. Um, Dash Line is just, like, biting octopus fighters all up. Um, so at first, it's it's going really, really well for the O-Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, these sort of, like, low-grade enemies uh, do not stand a chance against the Cherokee Mobiles. Then Barra Separate really gets in the fight. Uh, he does a cool attack where he like he's got like kind of a big star on his back for reasons I don't understand, but he does. And he sort of leans over, and the top point of his star turns into energy, and then like launches off like a giant energy boomerang. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's neat. And um, then he also Barra Brain is in an octopus fighter, and he is uh, shooting out like smoke and fire out of it to sort of make it so. Sky Phoenix can't see where he's going. So Sky Phoenix actually just like rams into some high tension wire and gets like caught in them, which is yeah. kind of hilarious to see him just like dangling from these power lines. Yeah. Um, so then he turns into not bar a brain, bar a separate, uh, turns into like just like a giant metal sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just kind of cannonballs around for a little bit and that for some reason is super effective that's a like, very that large really, cannonball it is very large um so at this point the ranges are actually kind of on the ropes um once he gets them there Barra separate he like hovers up into the air and then somehow sets himself a blade like human torch style uh, yeah, and, and then, then he's, he's like hovering above. Yeah, he's hovering above the Rangers, and it's like he's gonna come crashing down like a meteor, basically. Yeah. Now, um, when this happens, we get like a quick voiceover from the chief, who's like, "Oh, Rangers, like remember your powers or something like that." And we get individual shots of the O Rangers who are all like cowering in fear, like, "Oh my gosh, this is it." What are we going to do? Guys. Uh, we, cut, we cut over to Miko. Miko says, please, God, save the O-Rangers. Yeah, which is a little bit odd. Hey, man, you know, just... It's not that odd. So, the Rangers are like... They're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? We're going to lose, etc. They already know... That this is a combining robot. Yeah. They know this thing for a fact. They do. I mean, so... They are, they did see the blueprints. They, like, I mean, they literally... Right, like, they literally just finished building this thing. So... But they're very distracted, and apparently they need a reminder that this is a combining yeah. robot. And they get a heck of a reminder... Which is that we cut to, like, the monuments in the basement of the O-Ranger base. This is amazing. Uh, they all glow, and colored lasers shoot out of them into the sky. Well, they all shoot into the pyramid, and then it shoots out of the top of the okay. pyramid into the sky. True, true. 
That's a, that is a important detail, and I'm sorry that I missed it out. It's okay. Um, We're in it a together. A giant now. wave crashes into the shore. Yep. Um, the earth cracks open. There's magma. Like just, there's just like, some volcano. stock footage of magma. Yep. Birds are flying crazy out of the trees. All of nature is coming together to remind the O-Rangers, hey, idiot, it's a big robot. It's a giant combiny robot. So then Goro is like, he's in the cockpit and he looks and he says like, oh, wait, guys, like if we combine our energy, like we can combine the robots. And he looks down and in his hand <laughs> is the storage crystal, which is like apparently the key to get the robots to combine. He's holding it already. And then he has the realization that they can combine. Which, which like, okay, I like I don't know how they were going to build the tension of this moment, but like, I just wish they would have put some thought into like, he can do so, like maybe he has the realization and then like something glows and like a panel pops open and there's the storage crystal and he's like and there's like a voiceover and the chief is like use the storage crystal Luke or something like that I don't care. But they all do. And then they're all just like, oh, yeah, right, storage crystal. And then they'll go like, storage crystal. Like, oh, pink, storage crystal. And then they do the thing. Yeah, so they, they all like put the storage crystal into in there. the prominent like slot in their dashboards. That is storage crystal shaped. And then we, we get the big combination. Uh, which is great. It's a yeah. little more... What would you liken this one to? This one feels very much like uh, like a classic Megazord. Like, each leg is a separate yes. one. Mm-hmm. One of them is a torso. One of them is the arms. And, like, one of them is the head. Yeah, it's actually almost exactly the uh, the Zoo Ranger, like, configuration in, in that way. Um, it's, it's a cool-looking robot. It's a cool-looking robot. It's not... It's no Dyrano. Let's just say that. No, it's no Dyrano. And honestly, I don't even... I don't like it as much as Mateki Shogun. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's a it's a pretty cool robot. I think it looks neater than... I think it looks cooler than um, Jet Icarus. I'll, I'll say that much at least. It does look cooler than Jet Icarus. It does not necessarily look cooler than Jet Hawken, but... No, oh, I, I'm I sorry. don't think it does. Um, Wingardia. Wait, was yeah, that... thank you. Yeah. Uh, you think so? The one with the bird uh, so anyways, face. The cool one with the bird face yeah, yeah, yeah. that was I'm awesome. Yeah. So they, they turn into, and what's the name of it again, Matt? I... Oh, it's just Cherokee Robo. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, I'll cop to that one. That was my bad. Yeah, so it's Cherokee Robo, and its sword is called Crown Sword, and it is basic, it's like, uh, it looks like a Roman Gladius, kind of, but it's got a big crown on the bottom, yeah. which is kind of neat. Oh, one thing that I forgot to mention when the the robots were coming together is once they all sort of form into the body, we cut to a scene of the inside where all five of the O-Rangers, like their seats are on like tracks oh, that this all is super slide cool. into place to bring them all into the cockpit. It's uh, very good. You know what it is, Matt? It's um, It's classic Voltron. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very classic Voltron. Yeah, it's it's almost it's that almost exactly, but it looks very very cool. So they're all in the cockpit together, uh, which is rad, and they uh like they just romper stomper, bar separate like bar separate. You can tell is not prepared for this level of conflict. Right, like, like he gets hit with the sword and he goes down and all of like his bits fall off of them. He gets it back up because something that he can do is since all of that stuff is just stuff that has been like attracted to him and configured into a giant robot he like the giant orb that is his core lifts up and starts to draw those pieces back in but the o-rangers are like oh no 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 we're not dealing with this yeah so they they're like oh we need to like get rid of that like there's not actually a whole lot of drama behind it they're like oh we need to get rid of that orb or he'll reform like cool and then they do like their superpower slash and then that's the end of the uh, orb. it is the like crown he doesn't final crash Thank you. So, like, they don't... Barra Separate doesn't get through another round of reforming and fighting. They just, like, notice it immediately and solve that problem. Yeah, and that is the scene that we saw in the very beginning of this episode. Yeah. And then... uh, So that's it for Barra Separate. And then when Barra Separate dies, Barra Brain also 
flips out. Yeah, he like falls over and explodes because those two yeah. dudes are like one in the same, basically. Yeah. So that is the, uh, and then the other monsters just, uh, you know, Queen Hysteria and uh, Worst Prince just sort of teleport away to fight another day, I guess. Yeah. So, the you know, they go down, they get the chief out of his chains. Miko shows up because apparently she was just like standing around near this scene of complete devastation. Yeah, that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem appropriate for a child, but whatever. Um, um, and, you know, there's a happy reunion and everything is cool. Yeah. So they ask the chief, they're like, what? Like, what was going on with that Choriki energy? Because, like, we didn't trigger it, and you didn't trigger it. So, like, what's up? And uh, what we find out... Now, this is speculation on the Chief's part. He's not super clear on this. But what we find out is that Choriki is basically the Force. Yeah. I, I, de- I definitely have in my notes. So, I guess the O-Rangers are Jedi? Yeah, like... Choriki is, like, generated by every living thing on the planet, and it's, like, part of the cosmos, and it's nature itself. And, like, now this is actually a pretty cool idea because they're like, well, we as humans are part of nature, but Baranoia, because they're robots, are not. Right, and so, like, we are the, like, like, the O-Rangers are the tools that, like, you know, Chief Muria and, you know, this United Air Force have, like, put together to fight the Baranoia, but they are also sort of, like, the channel by which the Earth is protecting itself. Yeah, um, it's pretty rad. Now, the Cherokee Robos are also robots, but I guess they're, like, built in line with, like, the principles of Cherokee, so, like, they're cool. Yeah. Uh, but I just I, I, think, I think it's actually I, don't, really I think it's not neat. necessarily that the Baranoia are robots, but that the Baranoia are from space. Like they are mm. not of Earth. Oh, maybe that's it. Uh, anyways, I think it's a really cool. It's a fun take, and it's a fun way to set up. Like this is why, you know, like this is why the Rangers are special, and this is why, you know, like this is why these things sort of work in these particular ways. Yeah. I just it's cool. Yeah, it's very cool, and that is the end of that episode. Yeah. But Dave, there's not the end of our episode. It's not. Because we now need to determine where Barra Brain slash Barra Separate would fare in the Creature Royale. Okay, well, here's the first question I think we need to answer is do we rank them separately? No, I think we've got to rank them together. Okay, that's what like, I was going to say as well. Like, because they Barra are like separate... connected in such a way that like when Barra Separate dies, Barra Brain also explodes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, totally. So, uh, first things first, I think they both actually have pretty cool looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's neat. They are in a two-parter, and they are the monster catalyst for the appearance of the great of the giant robot, which I think is all marks in their favor. Yes. Now, uh, you know, it's not core, obviously. it's That's all sort of like secondary to them, or at least being in the giant robot episode is. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, man. I'm not looking super high on the list. Now, are you, when you were saying that, are you thinking more of Barra Separate or are you thinking of Barra Brain? Because Barra Separate's just like okay, a big dude no, with no, stuff. No, that's fair. Barra Brain. If I am Barra Separate, he's... Yeah, because Barra Brain's got both Barra Psychic and Barra Telepathy. I don't know if you forgot about that. Uh, you know, Matt, I gotta be honest, I, I did. Barra Psychic. Oh, uh, that's pretty great. Barra so, Telepathy. So, Matt, um, okay, so, let's just start narrowing this down. Top half, bottom half. Well, okay, Barra vanishes at number 67. Yes. Um, and I think that... Okay, that's not our highest. Okay, so Barra... Oh, no, no, no. Our highest is in the top 20, man. Yeah. Um, Barra Cactus. Barra Cactus, Barra Cactus 2 are slot number yeah. 20. Uh, and Barra Crusher is at number 40. Yeah. So, so somewhere between and, uh, 20 and 40, I think. Because I like Barra Brain more than I like Barra Crusher. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Um, Maybe not a you know, lot not, more. I was going to say, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, Matt. Right above Barra Crusher is Omukade, the football centipede. That is also uh, sometimes Santa Claus. That is also sometimes Santa Claus. And then we've got Bimbogami and Saurogami, the ninja monkey. And then Meteor Bam, Iron Mask, Choryu, Lipstick, Songstress. I... 
Okay, I but don't know un- that- under Barra Crusher is Light Armadillo, and I definitely like Barra Brain more than I like Light Armadillo. Yeah, no, 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 I'm with you. What I'm saying is I think Barra Crusher, or I think Barra Brain might come in literally one slot above Barra Crusher. I'm comfortable with that, so he would become our new number 40? Yep. And that, Matt, is going to do it for us, I think. Yep, that is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get the show. That's what's going to help new people find it. Or so we have been led to believe. <laughs> uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Okay.